Gut Health Puzzle Made Simple. I'm your host Prajakta and this podcast will help you uncover the root causes to your gut issues, help you heal and nurture your gut through the healing power of nutrition and healthy lifestyle modifications. I will be sharing quick and easy tips that you can implement right away to solve your gut health puzzle. Hey, welcome back to another episode. I'm a registered dietitian, founder and CEO of Right Nutrition Works, and I'm so glad you have joined me today. Hey, my friend, hope you're having a fantastic day. In today's episode, we will be exploring a topic that affects millions of people around the world, weight management. It seems that everywhere we turn, there is a new fad diet, exercise program, or weight loss supplement promising to help us shed those extra pounds. The weight loss industry is worth billions of dollars, yet obesity rates continue to rise, and many people struggle to maintain a healthy weight. Despite all of the money and resources poured into weight loss research and development, we still haven't found a real solution to this complex issue. However, recent studies have suggested that our gut health may hold some of the answers we have been searching for. In this episode, we will explore the fascinating world of gut health and its connection to weight management. We'll take a closer look at the gut microbiome, which is the community of bacteria living in our gut and how it affects our metabolism, cravings, and our weight overall. We'll also discuss practical steps that you can take to support your gut health and promote healthy weight management. So if you are tired of the endless cycle of diets and weight loss programs and you are ready to take your weight management journey to the next level and unlock the potential of your gut health, then sit back, relax and let's get started. One of the biggest reasons why weight loss research tools and components have not been successful is because we are not considering what happens to the food when we eat it and when it enters the system. We are only looking at a simple approach which is when food comes in it into our body it gets broken down during the process of digestion and at the end of this process our body absorbs nutrients and calories in the form of either carbohydrates, proteins and fats and ultimately the weight gain or loss is dependent on how many calories come in and how many burn out. That equation decides weight gain or weight loss. But human bodies are far smarter than this. What we are forgetting is the community of about trillions of live microbes in our gut which does over 90% of the digestion of the food that we eat we relatively absorb and assimilate a very small amount of food that we actually eat. Most of it goes to the microbes and they make compounds out of it and it changes who is more prevalent in the gut. 
what they make from the food we eat and who is prevalent will detect our weight. And this was very clear in some of the early studies of microbiome that were done on this topic. The study took two identical human twins who had the exact same genetics. One was overweight and the other twin was normal body weight. Then what they did was they took mice and wiped out their microbiome by giving them antibiotics. Then they implanted the microbiome from two twins into these mice. What they found was the mouse that was implanted with the microbiome from an overweight twin ended up gaining weight and the mouse that was implanted with the microbiome from a normal weight twin did not gain weight even though they were feeding them the same amount of food. Then what they did next was they wiped out the microbiome of mice again and they switched it. Overweight mice was given the microbiome of a lean twin and vice versa and fed them the same amount of food again. The overweight mouse started losing weight and the regular weight mouse started gaining weight. Similar studies were done later in human subjects with fecal transplant and the same types of results were found. So it is very clear that the type of microbiome you have changes how your body responds to the food you eat. Now the question is why would this happen? Gut dysbiosis is the root cause and a roadblock for your constant struggle with weight. There are a number of things that can lead to gut dysbiosis. Everything around us is antimicrobial. The drinking water has chlorine and fluoride which is antimicrobial. Processed foods have preservatives in them which are antimicrobial. Excessive use of antibiotics is devastating to the ecology of gut microbiome. The herbicides and pesticides that is used on crops, the classic example is glyphosate, which is an active ingredient in Roundup, which is a very strong antimicrobial. Many personal care products contain strong chemicals that are antimicrobial. These things are responsible for creating dysbiosis and can result in excess growth of certain types of bacteria, for example, clostridia that promote weight gain. The tricky thing about the bacteria that make you gain weight and make you eat the foods that you are not supposed to eat also have a complete control on your brain. The enteric nervous system which is the network of neurons that cover your entire digestive tract is directly connected to your brain through the nerve called vagus nerve. What happens is the microbes in your gut that want you to eat more sugar create neurotransmitters and send it up through vagus nerve to your brain to make you crave for sugar. However, there are some people we know who never have a problem with weight gain. 
they can eat anything they want and still not gain weight. We attribute this to their high metabolism. However, in reality, they don't have high metabolism, but in fact, they have certain strains in their gut microbiome. These strains do a number of important things. One example of these strains is Acromensia mucinifala and another example is Bifidobacterium longum. One of the key things that they do is when you eat food, so let's say I struggle with food all the time and you do not. Now let's say we eat the exact same food, for example, 500 calorie diet. So when I eat that food and it gets digested and absorbed by my body, bulk of it goes to microbes. What they produce in my body is ammonia, hydrogen sulfide and other things that create more inflammation in my body. And that inflammatory response makes my gut lining leaky in the presence of that food. One of the things that happens when my gut is leaky, the endotoxins from my gut will leak into the bloodstream will make it make its way to my brain and will completely disrupt the satiety mechanism that tell me to stop eating. So shortly after eating that meal, I'm going to feel hungry again and feel like eating more food. Even if I'm satisfied, I will reach for more food like maybe an ice cream or a muffin after a meal. On the other hand, if things are working the way it should for you, after food reaches the gut bacteria in the large intestine, you will have beneficial bacteria like acromancia, which will produce short-chain fatty acids. What happens then is we have receptors all over our lining and in our fat cells for these short-chain fatty acids. As soon as receptors bind the short-chain fatty acids, the first thing it does is trigger the release of hormone called leptin. Leptin is the hormone that tells your brain that, hey, I am full, stop eating, which means your desire to eat will go away completely, which means you will take less calories from that meal. It also activates something called AMPK. AMPK is the signal from your fat to the rest of your body which turns on the ability of every cell of your body to burn fat for energy and makes you a walking, talking, fat-burning machine. In my body, the satiety signals are getting messed up so I am feeling more hungry at the same time excess calories are getting stored as fat because I'm not having fat burning signals and satiety signals. So this is just one aspect. This is just one aspect of weight gain. Another thing is the actual amount of calories you can pull in. 
there is something called energy harvest thing. People who struggle with weight gain can actually pull in more calories into their body from the food as compared to people that do not struggle with weight. All these excess calories get stored in the form of visceral fat in the midsection where it goes first. Another crazy thing it does is gut dysbiosis causes your gut to become leaky. When your gut becomes leaky, the endotoxins from lumen of your intestine are allowed to migrate through the mucosal barrier and the intestinal lining into circulatory system. One of the places they go and mingle is with your adipocytes. What are adipocytes? Adipocytes are the fat cells in your body. These endotoxins, which are bacteria-derived endotoxins from lumen of your gut, when these endotoxins mingle with your fat cells, what they do is they stimulate the growth of more fat cells. They actually make the fat cells fatter. Leaky gut that derives from the dysbiotic flora drives weight gain, drives dysfunctional responses to glucose, sugar and insulin and all of these things can mess up your appetite, your gut-brain connection in telling you when to stop eating and all of that continuously feeds more dysbiosis because when you eat more and when you eat wrong types of foods that perpetuates the dysbiosis and you go through the never-ending cycle of inability of your body to respond appropriately to food and hence result in your inability to manage weight. It's a self-perpetuating situation and a leaky gut is at its core. Now the question is, how do you correct all this so the gut microbiome will not be a roadblock for your weight? There are four very important things that you will have to work on. Number one, increase the diversity of bacteria in your gut. You can increase the diversity in your gut microbiome by adding variety of fruits and vegetables in your diet. More diversity in your diet will help you develop a diversified gut microbiome. So remember the mantra of eat like a rainbow. Go to different ethnic grocery stores like Middle Eastern store or Asian grocery market where you will find the fruits and veggies, roots and tubers that you won't find in the regular grocery store. By just adding one to two in your diet every week will help expand the diversity of your microbiome. Another way to increase microbial diversity is to go out in nature where you will pick up lots of microbes in a natural environment that will help increase microbial diversity. And going out doesn't mean that you go to your backyard or, an, or in an engineered park 
but going in the forest, on a hike, on the beach. That is what is count as going out and connecting with nature. Another way to increase microbial diversity is by doing intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting is the most powerful thing you can do to reset your metabolism response to food. Now, this is little counterintuitive in the sense you must be wondering how not eating or fasting can increase microbial diversity. So, let me explain that to you. Your microbiome is divided into primary digesters and secondary digesters. When you first eat food, only the primary digesters are working and they are breaking down and digesting all the big molecules of the food and they are spitting out the byproducts of digestion. So when you are constantly eating, only primary digesters are working and functioning and secondary digesters never get a chance to expand. So having a period of not eating actually helps to increase the overall diversity of your gut microbiome and this also increases the growth of acromensia which is a key bacteria. So when it comes to fasting, it is very cheap and easy way to improve your microbial diversity. The magic window to get the benefits is between 14 to 16 hours. You can do most of the fasting at night, such as not eating anywhere between 8 p.m. to noon, which means essentially skipping a breakfast in the morning. If you are just starting out and if you think this is very hard to do, I need to have my breakfast in the morning, then try to do it slowly over the period of few weeks. Push out by 30 minutes each week and try to get to your goal. Even if you do fasting for 13 hours or even 14 hours, you will still get benefits, but studies have shown that the maximum benefits can be achieved by fasting for 16 hours. Another way to increase your microbial diversity is to get a dog. Studies have shown that households that have outside pets like dog shows increased diversity because your dog goes out and brings more microbes into your house. And this definitely plays a significant role to improve your diversity. Number two is Acromancia mycinifila. How do you increase this strain? Because when you, when your gut microbiome has this strain in higher amounts, you do not have a problem of weight gain. Not just that, but you also have a very low risk of diabetes and metabolic diseases. So I already talked about fasting and how intermittent fasting helps to increase acromensia. Acromensia loves polyphenols and that is one of the things that they feed on. Polyphenols are the category of compounds naturally found in plant foods such as fruits, vegetables, especially bright colored fruits and vegetables 
like cherries or blueberries or beets, green tea. Herbs and spices also have polyphenols in them. Red wine and dark chocolate also have high amounts of polyphenols, so you can also include these foods in your diet regularly to your advantage. You don't need a large amount of these and you do not need to make your entire meal out of it by using only fruits and vegetables but try to include small portions and be consistent with it. Number three, increase short chain fatty acids. So let's see how you can increase the amount of short chain fatty acids in your system. There are three important short chain fatty acids that are acetate, propionate and butyrate. One of the ways to increase short chain fatty acid is by incorporating resistant starches in your diet. Resistant starches are the type of complex carbohydrate which act as a prebiotic. Some examples are potatoes and rice that have been cooked and cooled, green bananas or plantain, sweet potatoes, lentils, quinoa, oats and raw potato starch. These foods make their way to the colon and are converted into short chain fatty acids during the digestive process. Number four, correct leaky gut. If you have a leaky gut, you will continue to gain weight. Remember, leaky gut is the originator of weight gain. Leaky gut is the major driver of metabolic dysfunction. When the toxins from your gut leak into your circulatory system, they migrate into your fatty tissues in your abdomen. It typically physically swells the fat cell to almost two and a half size. Leaky gut can be corrected by taking fiber-rich foods, avoiding processed foods, foods with added sugar, removing inflammatory foods from your diet, managing your stress, and by taking some supplements like L-glutamine, aloe vera, and fish oil supplements. <clears throat> so, by incorporating these strategies into your daily routine, you can help support your gut health and promote healthy weight management. Thanks for tuning into this episode today. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out to me on a social media. I'm on Instagram and my Instagram handle is Right Nutrition Works. Don't forget to subscribe to my podcast for more episodes on the fascinating world of gut health. If you have weight loss challenges, in spite of doing everything to get your to get your goal weight back, your gut health could be a real cause for all of this. Jumpstart your gut healing journey by downloading a free guide called Fix Your Gut that I have created for you. This guide will give you the exact step-by-step -step framework to heal your gut naturally so you can feel normal in your body. Click the link below rightnutritionworks.com forward slash fix your gut free guide and download your copy today.
Thank you so much for listening to me and bye for now.